Hi, welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, your host and your guide. And as you know, my job is to bring wonderful people onto our podcast who can help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Our job is to help you get off the brink and soar. It's sometimes hard to do that. And sometimes you need some fresh ideas, a new perspective, somehow a story that can help be a catalytic moment for you. And you're going to go, oh, what a great idea. I'm ready for it. So today I have this wonderful woman, Maggie Karshner, with us today. And Maggie is going to talk to you about how to become a successful entrepreneur. It's interesting to me because she found me and now I'm delighted to share her because she is an entrepreneur. She's been an entrepreneur for two, but she also works with people, perhaps like you, who have decided that the corporate world is no longer the right one for you. And now the question is, how do I do this? You know, how do I take an idea and turn it into an innovation? So I'll put in one little context plug here. A few years ago, my husband and I created the Simon Initiative for Entrepreneurship at Washington University in St. Louis. It was a three-year program, and we were honored to be able to work with women and men entrepreneurs-to-be and take their ideas and turn them into innovations and teach them about how do you take an idea, begin to build it into something, launch it, fund it, and sustain its scalability so that it's no longer a solopreneur, but it becomes an enterprise business. It was exciting, and I still work, we both still work with a lot of entrepreneurs-to-be. Maggie, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. As you can tell, this is something near and dear to us. We love working with entrepreneurs, as you do. But I think the first thing I'd like you to do is share your own personal journey, your story, so the listeners can understand who is Maggie and what is your credentials for bringing entrepreneurship to new businesses? Who are you? Yeah, yeah. so my uh, my credentials are that I've done it. Um, so my story is that I was going through a process of self-discovery. I wanted to find work that was meaningful and that helped me express my purpose. And I had this sort of culminated in um, securing a role as a management consultant. And so I got the dream job. I was in it. It was great. Um, And then about three months in, I had this realization that I hated it. I absolutely hated it. (laughs) So, you know, I was getting to do some stuff that I love, like being able to share my perspective and influence change and um, make the world a better place or make work a better place. Um, And I was working in mid-sized companies. So it was a bit like steering an ocean liner. Um, you know, I'd make a suggestion. I'd be like, okay, well, we'll, we'll run that up the, the chain of command there. And, you know, we'll get to it in I don't know, six months. And I'm like, <laughs> I got, I got better stuff to do than this guy. Come on. Um, so it really wasn't my speed. And I realized that while I had met a lot of my desires and needs and like ways that I, I can live my purpose, I was at the wrong scale. And so I realized I needed to go smaller. I wanted to work with with directly with the business owner of a relatively small, if not the smallest organization and be able to be in dialogue with them, collaborate with them on what would make their business better and make that happen. And, um, and then see that actually happen in like something approximating real time. Um, and I had actually already been doing this, um, on the side. Like, I feel like there's something funny about entrepreneurship where, 
um, a lot of times when we go towards living our purpose, it's something that we've already been doing that we've devalued, you know? So I had been meeting with uh, two different friends, actually, each of them were running businesses and we just meet for coffee. Like their, their payment was that they'd buy me coffee. And we just sit for an hour and talk about their business. And I had a blast and I was like, oh yeah, have you tried doing this? What about this thing? Let's do that. Oh, that's the problem. Cool. Let's do this. And I was like, man, if I got paid to do that, like not in coffee, but in like real money, that'd be awesome. And so that's what I did. I, I saw out the rest of my contract with the management consulting role. And then I launched my business. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I've loved it every day since. That was like seven years ago, I think now. And Wow. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So are you finding, I guess the first question I have is, it sounds like there's a trend in this pandemic for a huge surge in people starting up their own business. And it's uh, women doing it, African-American women doing it, Latinx women doing it, men doing it. Lots of people trying to figure out what to do in response to the disruption of the pandemic. What are you finding? What do you see happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing this in droves. Like my business, I definitely had a little bit of a panic moment early pandemic. And I was like, "Uh Oh, does my business go away now? Because that question seems to never actually leave a business owner's mind. Um, But then very quickly, uh, I think sort of mental health therapists were the first people who sort of started knocking down my door being like, hold on, I'm working even more hours. I'm doing it all from home. Now I now have realized since I'm not commuting that my my bosses are taking this huge percentage of everything that I earn. Why am I doing this? Hold <laughs> on. I want control over this. And I was like, yes, this is what I do. Um, and so helping them transition from in sort of small group practices into being their own business and having, um, you know, clients and all the like sort of nitty gritty that goes along with that. Um, I think they were sort of the first wave, but yeah, I'm, I'm continuing to see it. Like people, have been filling their time in some way during the pandemic, <clears throat> whether employed or not. Um, there, there's things they've appreciated about that time. Um, and I think we're all looking for a little bit more control when the world has, uh, like the circumstance has robbed us of so much control. Are there particular businesses that they're trying to go into? Yeah, like I said, a lot of mental health. Um, some um I do primarily services. So services that are supporting, like really it runs the gamut. Like um, I've, I've worked with folks who are like uh, profession, personal professional organizers. Uh, I've worked with editors. I've worked with um, uh, consultants of various flavors. So like, it's really my unifying feature of all my clients is that they're passionate about what they do. Like if you've got a passion for what you do, I can help you turn that into a business. So mm-hmm. that's, that's everything. my hunch is that their passion comes like we found people came with ideas and wanted to turn them into innovative ideas into businesses. Didn't have much idea how to get organized. Didn't know how to get it funded. Didn't know really how to scale it. What do you find and how do you help them? Yeah, yeah. I find people are often um, very skilled at what they do. Like they, they got that part, usually that part of the journey they've been on. And so, yeah, then it's a question of like, okay, well, how do I run a business? I guess I need a license and I can jump in with answers of like, yeah, you should probably get this approved by some certain agencies and such. Um, and then, and then, yeah, how do I know that I'm going to be successful? 
that's another piece. And some of that is just basic math, but you know, math is kind of scary for a lot of folks. So I have tools that help give them um, structure and understanding and like does a lot of the heavy lifting of the math for them. Um, and then there's like the, the ultimate question, which is, can I get clients? And so, cause you can't really have a business if you're not making sales. So um, that's usually where a lot of our time is taken up. So, you know, coming up with what goes on a website, how are you going to market this? Who are you going to sell it to? Um, all those sorts of questions uh, so that you actually can be successful. Yep. It's, it's interesting. Is there a case study or an illustrative one that could um, show someone what you do and how you help them? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, one client who comes to mind, um, she was in, she was a civil engineer, if I remember correctly, and she wasn't sure that she could do anything else besides, because most of civil engineering, you're employed in order to do it. But we we worked on it and realized that she could do this freelance, that she could be, um, that she could use her skills using CAD and, and other sort of design programs in a freelance capacity and that that would meet her needs. We could, it, the pricing all works out, that it would give her the flexibility that she needed. It would um, give her a lot more autonomy and save her from a commute and so like put that all together and uh she was sitting pretty and she's actually one of my huge success stories because she came to me with um a list at the start of our coaching and then about three months in she she pulls the list out again and she's like so we've done everything on my list <laughs> and I'm like yeah cool yeah we got more to do though we got to get you more clients we got to get this thing out of off the ground and she's like can I can I have a minute? Can we just, can we hold on? And I was like, yeah, sure. Take a break. That's great. Awesome. Um, because she thought that list was going to take her a whole year to do. <laughs> we did it in like three months. Um, and I've, I've seen her since because I've got long lasting relationships with my clients to help, you know, get stuff back oriented towards, you know, whatever new life change has happened. Um, but yeah, I love that story because it was just like, I didn't know the list was supposed to take a year. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Now, the fact that they're open and receptive to it is very encouraging. Uh, some of the folks who we've mentored, one gentleman in particular, had developed a wonderful software to help opioid mm, practitioners better match their mm, patients up with the right clinics. Mm. And, and it was really a brilliant idea. The only problem, he didn't know how to market it. Mm. And, and unless he was going to market it, nobody was really knowing how they would use it. So ideas by themselves aren't particularly useful. And then there was another two women who had left McKinsey and had a wonderful idea that they were going to make sustainable clothes and sell them on the Internet. And, and that was really, they were beginning to take off and it was fun to work with them and to watch. So it comes in all flavors. The service ones are, are particularly interesting. Are there me marketing methodologies that you're finding work particularly well now? Yeah, yeah. I think the most important part of marketing is to not overlook uh, personal connections. So particularly since I work small scale, self-employment, um, you need, you know, maybe a dozen clients to be making a living. So you have a dozen friends, they have a dozen friends. Like this is within a degree or two of separation from where you are right now. So, and there's so much 
in marketing, like I know that all online and social media marketing is super shiny and it is, it's great. It's a whole thing. It's, you got to learn it. And, um, so much of that is like, how do we build trust and trust comes so naturally to people you already know. Yep. So you can't overlook that. You've got to go working with the people you already know, making sure they understand what you're doing that if they hear someone who is your ideal client, that they're going to be like, oh, I know the person for you, um, that you stay top of mind. And then the sort of longer um, timeline is the social media and online marketing. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey. Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink. Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Well, I think that's, uh, you're absolutely correct. There was a book many years ago, Never Eat Alone. While we're not eating lunch the way we used to, we often advise our clients, start with your list. You know, mm -hmm. put a list together, everyone, you know, you're not asking them for a job. You're asking them to hear about what you're working on and who might they know that could be, you, you know, you could be helpful to. And you'll find that the conversation leads to all kinds of things that you never expected. And the unexpected is what's so exciting. So it becomes really, you know, quite interesting. Um, in our new book, Rethink Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, we have several women entrepreneurs in there. And they all saw things that were unmet needs when we're blue ocean strategists. And so it was very interesting to watch them see something. You know, Stephanie Breedlove saw that women had a hard time paying their nannies taxes. And she was using a nanny and wanted to be legal and found that there was nobody who could serve her. So she created Breedlove and Associates to do nanny tax business. And in the payroll for this, you know, caregivers, uh, she grew it to 9 million and then sold it to care.com for 57 million. And she talks about how many people said to her, oh, don't be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs, women can't be entrepreneurs. And, and each of the stories like that are most interesting because the entrepreneur is there. All they have to do is see something that's unmet 
and how to begin to capitalize on it, see themselves as having something of value and not having to sell it within a corporate environment. So it becomes very interesting. It's interesting listening to you because I spent uh, 10 years as an academic and 20 years in corporate, uh, always as an anthropologist helping organizations change. When I launched my business, it was to help companies change. They didn't need an anthropologist. They needed to change. And I share that because as you're thinking about going into your own business, it's not what you do. It's what do they need? And it's something to add to the thought process because what people need is what they'll buy. And it's not exactly how you do it that matters. I didn't know what an anthropologist did anyhow. What they really needed was they had to change and they were stuck or stalled. And so I picked up Markel paper or Centenary College, and, and it was all because they had a gap between what they were doing and where they wanted to go. So I have a hunch many of your mm, entrepreneurs are looking at the same kinds of things. It's pretty cool. Definitely. It's super cool. And are there any bad practices that you can share? Things you shouldn't do? Bad practices. I mean... I like to think my clients don't have those because they work with me. Uh, <laughs> I think sometimes folks get stymied by moving forward. And one of the things that I try to encourage folks is to take baby steps. Any kind awesome. of progress is progress, right? And yeah, maybe today is not the day that you're going to like have a ton of great working time. But if you can get one thing done, if you can move one thing forward, if you can work a little bit on that project, then you're making progress. Motion is happening and you've set yourself up for the next day for that, you know, perfect storm of productivity to happen. Um, and so I always look more towards is progress happening rather than how much progress is happening. I think that's a brilliant idea. We talk about small wins win. Mm, yep, exactly. And and also the mind remembers what you celebrate. So add yeah. to your mix is that the mind wants to know this matters. And if you don't pay attention to it, you don't celebrate it, it won't think it's important. So yeah. manage your mind so it knows that matters a lot and doing nothing doesn't at all so <laughs> that you can really pull it along. You know, it's um, a great and exciting time for entrepreneurs. How do you help with funding? Any wisdom? Uh, yes. Um, well, Funding in my world, we tend to do a lot of bootstrapping um, because what we're talking about is earning your own income. A lot of times there's not the margin that uh, an investor would want to see. Um, and that also means that the numbers are pretty small. You know, it's can you cover your own expenses until this business gets off the ground, which, um, you know, six months, if you've already have a six month uh, cushion uh, nest egg that you've built up in case you get laid off. Well, then you have a six-month nest egg to um, to launch a business uh, by the same logic, and that gets extended with each client because then you're eating into it less. So, um, yeah, I've seen, I mean, dozens of businesses launched purely off of your own savings. Good. Well, that's not a bad uh, recommendation. And, you know, we talked about family and friends, but often people don't have family or friends. And I've heard that as well. And it's a little early for angel funding because often the ideas are in more small businesses than their big entrepreneurial initiatives. Uh, but there is, you know, capital is important. But to your point, the most important thing is to manage your money carefully. Yes. Be very aware of what you should spend on and what you shouldn't. And try to, you know, be very prudent. This is not a time to be 
casual um, because the next paycheck is uncertain. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think about it in terms of like runway. So if you have, you know, like those six months of savings that you're working off of, that is a certain amount of runway. And then are there things we can do to extend your runway? So uh, actually, when I myself first launched this business, I was, you know, moving and shaking for the first month. And I went to every single networking event that was ever scheduled in my area. And then I got bored because there weren't enough networking events. And I was like, I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough networking to do. What am I going to do? And so I took up a part-time job. I was like, I can go and file for somebody for a couple of days a week. That's fine. Um, and that was a fantastic decision because it extended my runway. Now, you know, my rent, my food was covered by, you know, it wasn't a great paying job, but it gave me more runway and actually a bunch of structure, right? Because those days I couldn't use for my business. So I had to use the other ones. So yeah, being smart about managing your money is definitely something that comes into play. Um, and, and I think it's sort of a, a leveling up for a lot of folks when they're starting their business, you know, yep. managing your own personal finances, you can kind of be slapdash, but with a business, it suddenly you have to be a little bit more accountable. <laughs> and so we got to learn some skills that maybe yes. we didn't pick up along the way. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm fascinated. I had a call a month ago from a woman who had left or lost her corporate job. And, mm -hmm. and she came because someone had referred her to us and she wanted to do something, applying a third parties and software systems to improve sales. The challenge, and I say this for your clients, my clients and, and, and the, the audience, she couldn't tell me a story about what it was she was going to do. And, mm -hmm. and we worked a lot about getting clarity of her purpose. Are you selling their software? Are you representing their software? What is it that you're actually, and, and the conversation was unsettling for her um, because she knew that she needed to go form a business and do it, but needed a little more hmm, nourishment and thinking about what exactly am I going to do? And what are the benefits of hiring me? And the benefits are more important than what I do. Remember, people buy benefits for them, not features for you. You're no different than a product. But I share that with you because I felt badly that she was in search of a story. And, and asking for it was uncomfortable to the point where she was frustrated at herself. I said, no, take time. It takes a little time. Spend a little time thinking about what is it you want to do and how are you going to do it? Don't jump in. It's okay. Um, and to your runway, you know, even if you take a little part-time job while you're formulating it, give it some time, play out some ideas, see how they begin to frame itself. And then, and then you can begin to launch. It's not necessary to go right from the to the head and find yourself uh, ready to launch with nothing to launch. You don't want to make too many early mistakes. It's okay to slow down and go quietly. So we're just about ready to wrap. This has been a great conversation. I love talking about entrepreneurs, women and men, and all the challenges they have. A couple of things you don't want our audience to forget. Oh, that I don't want my audience, your audience to forget. Sure, yeah. So I think that one of the things I want all on well, everybody to understand is that we each are unique beings. I think we can all kind of agree on that. And the way that I see society working is that we all need to be uh, full participants in society. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. If we're each a, our own, we're each a piece, we need all the pieces in order for the puzzle to come together. And so 
if you are living your purpose, then you are being the best jigsaw puzzle piece you can be. And that doesn't mean you have to do everything. And that doesn't mean that what you're doing is insignificant at all. And so if the best way for you to be a puzzle piece is to launch your own business, then like, you got to do it. Like, I need you to do it. Not because I need you for a client, but because like the whole of society needs you. So like, this is, this is so important on such a large scale that, that you do what only you were designed to do. Um, and I just wish everybody understood that and like really lived that and whether that's self-employed or there's a role in employed work for that, like fantastic, because we need all of you. Like yes. somebody has to be working in the big companies too. So do that, do it joyfully. You know, it's interesting because there's so much discussion today about what will work in the future or today be. <laughs> and, 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 you know, hybrid, remote, in the office. I remember before the pandemic, a third of our workforce were in the gig economy. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, 50 million people were already, you know, permanently self-employed, solopreneurs. I've met permapreneurs, people who never want to go back inside. Um, but it, there was less focus on um, entrepreneurs per se than there was on the gig economy. But it's all very much to your point. What is your passion and your purpose? Purpose-driven people do far better than those who just have a tactical, practical job. Yeah. So find your purpose and find your passion and you'll find that you sell better. You inspire others. They want to buy from you because you provide solutions. You get it. And now you can go be your own boss. Absolutely. Um, and you'll find others wanting to come and be collaborating with you. And, co and collaboration is something to pay attention to because you don't have to do it all. And I love what Uber did. It showed how we can collaborate. You have a car. I need a ride. We'll connect. Well, you know, you don't have to make the car anymore. You don't have to own the car. You can be that collaborator in this world and do more for your clients than just simply, you know, the, the thing that they ask for. So this has been fun. If they want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I'm at maggiekarshner.com and all my contact info is there as well as more information about what I do. That'll be great. Remember, it's on our blog and it'll be available for all of our listeners to come and find out more about Maggie. She's got a great website. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, it's fun. Now, for our listeners, as you know, my job is to help you get off the brink and our job is to help you soar. So Maggie has brought you some great ideas. Get a hold of her if you'd like to know more about how she can help you take that idea and turn it into an innovation that can soar with you. Because these are great times for creativity. Never waste a crisis. I used to say, if you want to change, have a crisis. I didn't expect this one. And this <laughs> one is not something you should, you know, ever reinvent. But for the moment, with all of the good and the bad, and it's been bad, but there's also good, there's an opportunity to rethink who you are and begin to soar again. And my books, On the Brink and Rethink, are here to help you do just that. So come visit us. And if you'd like, email me at info at andysimon.com. I get all those emails, and that's how I find good people to bring to you. So thanks again. Stay safe, stay well, and enjoy. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. Thank you, Maggie.